want to begin this morning with a, a question, and the question is this. What do you expect in this life? What what do you expect in this life? I thought we would begin with a very, you know, uh, easy one to talk about this morning. Well, what do you expect in this life? What do you expect when you're going along? What do you expect in this life? Now, expectations can be dangerous because um, they can lead you to brokenheartedness. But on the other hand, if, if we have expectations that are grounded in reality, um, they can prepare us for what's next. And so the question I'd like to ask you that is this, what's next? What's next? You know, Jesus answered this question in his gospel um, in the, John chapter 16, verse 32. Jesus said that in this life, you will have trouble. And uh, the Greek word behind that word trouble is the word philipsis. Now, children, can you say that word philipsis? Philipsis. Philipsis. It's a funny sounding word, but it's a word that means pressures, crushing pressures. Like, the, you know, a python squeezing its victim. It's just unrelenting, serious pressures, trouble. Jesus said that in this life you will have trouble. What can you expect in this life? In this life? <laughs> trouble. You can expect trouble. And, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul knew all about trouble. We're told in the, the book of Acts that he had trouble. Uh, he was stoned and he was beaten and he was shipwrecked and he was imprisoned. And he spent many times not knowing where his head was coming from. He had problems. He had trouble. And he had the troubles before him. Uh, a while back, we looked at 1 Corinthians. We found out that Paul had planted Corinth, the church in Corinth. And, and then he went away and he wrote a letter called 1 Corinthians. And then he wrote another book, which we're now looking at, called 2 Corinthians. And somewhere in between those two letters, um, some people got into the church, and they were false teachers, and they were, get this, they were saying that Paul really wasn't an apostle. Because if he was an apostle, he wouldn't be suffering in his life. His life would be like theirs, easy, straightforward, no problems. And Paul says, wrong. He says, when Jesus called me, I was promised that I would suffer. I was promised that I would dramatize the, the sufferings of Christ to a watching world. Friends, in this life, we are going to have trouble. In this life, we are promised, not just because it's a broken world, but because anyone who is united to Christ will participate in the sufferings of Christ. You are going to have trouble in this life. And that's an encouraging word for you this morning, isn't it? Life is hard. But here's the thing. Just like you can expect trouble, you can expect something else. What is that? You can expect the comfort of God. And that's what we're looking at this morning, the comfort of God. Uh, our, the Word of God says that, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. And I want to give you two quick things this morning, two quick expectations when it comes to this comfort. Here they are. Number one, you can expect God to comfort you in every, every trouble. And secondly, you can expect God to comfort others through you. Those are the two expectations of God's comfort. First, you can expect the God of comfort to comfort you in each and every trouble. Did you catch that? 
Did I really just say that? Each and every trouble you go through, no matter what the pain, no matter what the problems, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how hard it hurts, this word says that the God of all comfort will comfort you in every single trouble. It, it does raise the question, doesn't it? What is this comfort? What is, I mean, it says he is the God of all comfort, but what is this comfort? And, and here I think we have to be really careful that we don't confuse ideas because the word comfort, like many words, has different meanings. Comfort can mean pleasure. It can mean a life of ease, a simple, easy life. That's what it can mean, but that's not what Paul's talking about. He's not promising us a, a, an easy, pain-free life. What's he, what's he promising? What is this comfort? It's not that he's going to remove our pain, but that he will relieve us in our pain. And there's a difference. Uh, children, you know when you fall down, children, do you know when you fall down and you hurt your knee? And then mom or dad comes and they, they pick you up and they comfort you. Does the pain go away? No, it's, it's still there, but doesn't it feel better? to know that mom and dad are right there holding you, comforting you. Comfort is not the removal of pain, but it is relief in pain. And God promises to comfort us in our pain. But I think it raises another question, because it's it's how. How, how, how can we expect God to comfort us in our, in our troubles, in our distress? And I, I can think of a few ways. First of all, by surrounding us with his loving presence. That, that word, comfort, actually in the Greek means one who is called to come alongside somebody. It, it's somebody who is sent to somebody in pain, and they come around that person. They wrap their arms around that person. They surround them. And here's the truth, friends, that you may not feel some days that the Lord is with you with his loving presence. You may not feel that right now. You may be going through something and you just do not sense the, the loving presence of God. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean he's not with you. Some of you this morning may be so hurting. You may be pushing God away in your pain. But that doesn't mean he's not with you. It doesn't mean he's not hurting, hurt, uh, comforting you. I, I want you to think about this because I've been a parent for a long time and I've, I've had little kids like some of these little kids here and there are times when my kids have just got to the end of themselves you know they didn't know what to do with themselves and they would just lose it I mean they would blitz and, and so many times we would just pick up our children in, into our arms while they were flailing and trying to punch us and try and scratch us and bite us and uh they, they may not have been able to articulate this, but they knew on some level that there was comfort because mom and dad were holding them. And there is comfort in that, friends, even if you don't know or feel or sense that he's comforting you. You can't see it or you're angry with him. You're trying to push him away. It doesn't mean you can ever push God away because God is with you. He's with you. He promised, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And so he, he, he comforts us with his soul, his comforting presence. And here's another way. Here's another way. By growing resilience. Verse 8 says that it was such a people said, I didn't even want to live. I despaired of life itself. I mean, it looked even bad. 
live. And it says here that the Lord led him to this place to teach him to rely on God. Have you ever been brought to the wall where you just didn't want to go on? And the Lord brings his people there, brings us there. And we have to really work at things, we have to really figure things out. And, and what do we actually believe in those moments? And this is the irony I find sometimes God's comfort brings a whole new struggle into our lives because we have to really wrestle in those moments. You know what I'm talking about? When, when, when the Lord seems so far away and things are so difficult, what do you believe? What do you really believe? What is true? And, and, and have you ever been brought to the end of yourself? I have. I had a stroke a few years back. It has left me with lifelong deficits and invisible disability. And I have been brought to a place where I've had to lean on the Lord for next steps. Do you know what that is? But do you know how good it is to have to lean on the Lord? Do you know that there's comfort in that and really working it out and struggling through that? There's comfort in that. There is. What else? He does it by speaking personally to you. By speaking personally to you. Lord loves you. And you have to hear that. You have to hear that wherever you are, in whatever trouble you're in. The Lord loves you. Your circumstances may not be telling you that. I bet you they're not telling you that. But the Lord loves you. He speaks to his children. Uh, about a decade ago, I went through a year and a half bout of severe depression. Didn't know it at the time. Undiagnosed. The thing that kept me going, the thing that kept my heart going was this, that I knew that Jesus had died for me. So no matter what my circumstances were saying to me, I could go back to that. But as the Lord said, I love you. And I sent my son to die for you. The circumstances that are coming to you in your life and are hurting you are not the final verdict on your life. Christ is. And it's love for you. What else? Not only... Not only does he surround us with love and, and, and um, grow us to rely on him and, and speak personally into our lives, but he sends comforters. He sends comforters to us. And sometimes those comforters are not human beings. I'll tell you another story about myself. And I'm a bit shameless this morning. I'll, t I'll tell you some stories about my life because I want you to see how this works. I've had to figure this out. During that time of depression, I remember sitting on my porch in, in the freezing cold dark and there was a, a bird that came and nested above my head it was a sparrow and I would go out there and I would sit with that sparrow for hours and I would talk to it <laughs> and it would listen to me because what else does a bird do but listen it had to listen to me and I talked to that bird and I knew that the Lord has sent it to me I believe that but you know sometimes you know, think about that what are those things the Lord sends to you and who are the people sometimes the comfort takes a human shape oh, who are the people that God has sent into comfort you I told some of you about how many weeks ago was it Wendy we, we went through what we will now refer to as COVID I had to put my dog down on Friday drove up to North Bay to say goodbye to my nephew on Monday when his mom died. On Thursday was the funeral. On Saturday was our daughter's wedding. 
I call up a friend on Monday and I said, Sister, you've got to start a meal train. You've got to start a meal train because um, I don't want Wendy cooking and she doesn't want me cooking either. <laughs> and they started coming in and the people started coming in. And there's just something so beautiful about that, you know, when, when God's people come and they are with us. And I'm telling you these things, friends, so that when the hard times come, and they will, that you don't do what I did when I was a young man and demand that God's comfort look like this and only this. What could be several things? What could they be? Surrounding you with his loving presence, um, causing you to rely on him, speaking words of love, surrounding you, sending his comforters. And friends, can you just open your heart and your eyes to this God who is pouring out his comfort and wants you to be comforted in a very difficult and merciless life, which it is, is it not? What can you expect? You can expect the God of all comfort to comfort you in every trouble you ever experience. That's his heart for you. Here's a second quick thing. Is this. You can also expect the God of comfort to comfort others through you because that's what this text says. That he will comfort others with the comfort that you yourself have been comforted with. So it's the same comfort. Whatever trouble you've experienced, whatever comfort you've received, he actually uses that comfort to comfort others. Make sense? So what does that look like? Let's get practical. Let's work this. A few things very quickly. It's this. What does it mean to comfort other people? What does that look like? Here's one. Just show up. Just show up. I mean, there's just something so powerful about showing up. You don't need to say anything. You don't have to say anything. You can just sit. I'll tell you why that's powerful. Because sometimes when people are going through hard times, the thing that they don't believe is that God is with them. And your presence, your physical presence, is like a sermon to those people saying, God is with you. And they may not be able to, to figure that out, or they may not be able to register, but it's true. You just show up, and it brings comfort. What else? What else? By praying with them. This is not difficult. It is not hard. And if you don't know how to pray for people, just ask, how can I pray for you? And it's the power of just showing up and not having all the answers and not being in a hurry to dispense advice, but to simply say, how can I pray for you? It's so powerful. I remember years ago, I was in an airport. I saw this woman. She was in distress. She was crying. And I walked up to her and I said, do you want to talk? I can see you're upset. And she said, no. I said, well, then can I pray for you? She said, yes. There is something so comforting about taking another human being to their God. How do we comfort others? We pray for them. We get practical. We talk about it. And you speak truth to them. You tell them that God loves them. You know it's hard. But God loves you. And if you don't know what to say, just say this. Can I read the word of God to you? Can I just open the word of God? Start reading. Let them hear the word of God. 
here's what I'm saying. I'm going to end here. Life is hard. It's really hard. And you know it. And you know what you're going through and you know what you've been through. And we're all going to go through more together. Life is hard. You can expect that. But here's what you can also expect. You can expect the God of all comfort to comfort you in every comfort. And you can expect God to comfort you so that you can be a comfort to those who are in distress and who are suffering. And that, my friends, is why we have to be together. We have to be a family. We have to be close enough to see our struggles, to hear our struggles, and then to comfort others with the comfort that we have received from others. Do you see that? And he wants to comfort you this morning. That is what he's about, the God of all comfort, coming into this world, sending his son, dying for your sins, bringing you to himself, and comforting you to comfort others. Let's be that church together. Amen? Amen.